0: transformed by the word they hear today heavenly father thank you for another opportunity to gather around your word i thank you that the entrance of your word brings light it brings life to us this morning we're expectant; we're hoping that your word will enter our hearts and we will be good ground for your word and we will be transformed by the word that we hear we declare we believe you. We are not doubters of the word. We are believers of the word. And therefore, we are people who are being transformed by the word. I thank you that I am anointed to teach your word, to preach your word. Your people are anointed to hear, to receive your word. And together, we are anointed to do your word. Because in the end, we will become the word that we hear. In Jesus' name we pray. And those who believe that they, they will become the word they hear, Said, amen. 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 That's my prayer. My prayer um, a lot these days has to do with the word of God. I want to become the word that I preach. I want to become, do do you hear what I mean? It is is the will of God that as you behold him in the scripture, you are being transformed into the same image that you are looking for. God doesn't want us to just preach about love. He wants us to be love. Amen. He doesn't want you to just preach about power. He wants you to be powerful. Sometimes in the church, we can we can um, make the 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 assumption that looking powerful equals being powerful, or praying in a powerful way equals being powerful, or preaching like you are powerful equals being that's that's an error. Um, Be about it. Tell your neighbor. Be about it. Matthew chapter 16. Are you are you with me this morning? Anybody ready to see? Okay, Matthew 16. Matthew chapter 16. Last week, I began to speak to you about um, the need to overcome the fear of death, the fear of death. I know it sounds like such a morbid message for for a a, a Sunday in summer, um, but I think that is exactly the reason why we need to talk about it. It is unfortunate that for us as believers our lives begin with death and you would see that for, for many people we still live life afraid. I'm uh, afraid of death or you know I'm talking about death in, uh, um, in, in every sense of the word. So on, on, on one extreme you could think about death as being, um, as, as being the cessation of life. You know when you when people die physically or on, on, a, on a more, you know, if you like, insignificant level, you can think about death as loss—the loss of a job or the separation from life as you know it. I believe that your next level is on the other side of your next resurrection. Okay, uh, how many people are believing God to go to the next level? Come on, anyone on this side believing God to go to the next level? If you are believing God to the next level, say, uh, uh, to go to the next level, say I am. Okay, let's check the middle. Anyone in the middle believing God to go to the next level? Who wants to go far in the next level? Yeah, Like, like you, are, you are ready. Someone say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, this side. Say, I am more ready. More ready. Now, now, we are really looking to go to the next level. Um, however, the next level is always on the other side of the death of something. The next level is on the other side of you parting ways from something. Jesus is doing, you know, I, I gave this example last week. Jesus is doing an amazing work. He has an amazing three years of ministry here on earth. He's raising the dead. He's opening up deaf ears. He is opening up blind eyes. He is confronting social political structures. He is uh, shaking up religion. He is doing all these amazing things. But in spite of how amazing his three years of ministry is on earth, there is another level where he can impact the world in a greater, to a greater degree, but it is on the other side of his death and his resurrection. Uh, I believe that it is the same thing for you and I. Now, like we said last week, please come down from the cross. We are not asking you to jump on the cross and die for the world because your blood cannot save anyone. Okay, so we're not going to get religious about what we're trying to say, to say that, you know, you, you know we're not suggesting that you are, you, are, you are going to give your life like Jesus did. But I am suggesting that life always comes out of death. That the best that you have is on the other side of your willingness to die. I really do believe that God has called us, If I let, maybe I should speak for myself, and, and I hope you can, you can find yourself in this. I believe, and God just kind of, someone asked me recently, somebody asked me recently, what is it, we're talking about church, and they asked me, what is it that you want? And that question, in other words, what is it that you are trying to do? And that question really bothered me. I, I, I talked about it, but I wasn't satisfied with the answer, and I was thinking about that question all week, and then I it just, it just, it just feels like, like, like the door just opened. I know what it is. And we've been talking about it. I truly believe that, you know, I said this last week, I, I don't believe I am called to build a people. And you know when I say I am, just talking about me, but we are all on the same journey. Are you with me so far? Come on, if you're with me, say amen. amen. Okay. I, I don't believe that we are called to raise a nursery. We are called to raise a company of kings. Come on, I believe your amen would should have been louder. I am believing God. Let me tell you what I'm believing. What is cranking my tractor right now? I'm believing God for 2,000 kings. Amen. 2,000 kings. People whose relationship with God is fervent, is alive, is active. They are passionately in love with the King Jesus. People who are influential in their work, they're not skiving at work. They are the best in their industry. They're putting their hands to work wherever God places them. They're shining just like Joseph in the prison. They're shining because they're kings even when they're in the prison. In Potiphar's house, they're shining because even in Potiphar's house, they are still kings amen people whose relationships are working people who are loving uh, who love their wives men who loves their who love their wives and and, and love their sisters and and, and women who are who, who, who do the same for everyone that is around them children who are given to the purpose of God together we're growing and becoming um, more and more like Christ influential do you know what change? We can impact. We can make. If there are two thousand people of influence, imagine your you, you you growing in that industry to the place where you are shaping policy, and there are two thousand of those who are really who whose eyes are set on Jesus Christ, who are willing to to go the extra mile, to do what it takes to become. That's who I'm believing God that we're going to raise, and I'm believing you are in this house this morning. I said, I'm believing you're in this house this morning. I, come on, if you're a king in this house, would you give the Lord a shout of praise this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, I want you to give, a, give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. This is why, this is why I'm talking about this because, because even now, some of you can't even praise to the degree that you are winning, that, that you, know, you know you should be praising God because there is your ego that is yet to die. There is your reputation that is still alive. Your willing, your, your desire to look a certain way is hindering you from giving God praise like He deserves. I wonder today if you're going to kill that thing right now and give the Lord a shout of praise like He deserves. Come on now. Something happens when you are no longer trying to be cute. Something happens when you are going to give God praise like He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Something happens when you remember that he kept your soul among the living. Something happens when you remember that I'm not about looking a certain way. This God has been good to me, so I give him a shout of praise. Amen. David is so, uh, he is so dead to his kingship status even though he's a king, that he dances and his clothes are falling off and his wife, who is so alive to his kingship but dead to, her, to his calling, is, 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 is kind of putting her mouth on him. And we know how that story ends. There is something. Listen, your best life is on the other side of your death. Your best life. The best that God has for you. And yet, the enemy somehow, has got us really uncomfortable about, about this word, death? Just the idea. And you see it in this example in Matthew 16. Uh, now, now, like I said, I'm talking about death, yes, but I'm talking about loss. I'm talking about the loss of anything. Matthew chapter 16, we, we read this last week. Are you with me this morning? Yep. 2,000 kings, I see that. 2,000 kings. 2,000 kings who are growing every year. 2,000 kings who are smarter than their teachers. 2,000 kings who are influencing policy, 2,000 kings, some of them in number 10, some of them in houses of parliament, some of them help just 2,000 kings, in music, in media, in in all the different industries. Let me stir some of you up. You are already there. God is going to take you up higher. Amen? Amen? There is so much that needs to be done. And so we're over here in Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus is is speaking this thing. And and in verse 21, Matthew 16, sorry, Matthew 16, verse 21, it says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go. Let's do what we did last week. Someone say, he must go. He must go go to Jerusalem. Notice that if Jesus was going to go to the next level, then it wasn't going to be an option. Jerusalem had to be a place he went to. He must go to Jerusalem and see why he, 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 must, he, he said, he, I, I must go. And suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. Help me say, be killed. Be killed. And be raised up on the third day. Someone say, be raised. Be raised. And then check what Peter does. Peter takes him aside, and Peter, in this instance, is a type of the church. We have just gotten one or two revelations, and suddenly we now begin to think that we know what Jesus should be doing. So Peter has just got the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And and Jesus has responded to Peter and said to Peter, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. I have given you the keys of the kingdom. Peter's The hairs on Peter's back is standing up. He is so His spirit is alive. He feels like I am the man, so much so that he hears Jesus saying, I must go to Jerusalem. I must suffer these things at the hands of the scribes and the Pharisees. I must be killed, and I must be raised up. And Peter says, Jesus, come over here. I need to have a word with you. Excuse me, church. I need to have a word with Jesus because I am sensing some unbelief in the mouth of the master. And he calls the man aside and he says, far be it from you. And I said last week that this is the problem with the church where where any idea of death frightens us so much that we become prayer warriors. If you want to become a, if you if you want to see Christians pray. Amen. I'm hyping you up to give God praise. But if I told you there is a spirit of death in this house, we need to pray about it. You would see Christians awaken. <laughs> <laughs> The tongues in all kinds of different language, and that's what Peter is doing. At the mere mention of Jesus saying, I'm going to suffer. That's another swear word for Christians, suffering. I'm going to suffer, and I'm going to die. He didn't hear anything else, because if you stay to the end, he also said, I will be raised up. But he did not wait long enough to investigate what it means... To be raised up, he just heard suffer, he heard death, and he says, Jesus, no, no, we can't be talking like this. I am sensing some unbelief and we need to change that. And Jesus turned around and said to Peter, Get deep behind me, Satan. If you read the scripture, in a space of a few verses, Peter went from Simon to Peter to Satan. Amen. He went from Simon to Peter. To Satan, and the transition of going from, 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 from rock to the devil himself has to do with the idea that you will recommend to somebody who was born to die that death is a problem. And Jesus turns to him and he says to him, Peter, um, you, are, you are a stumbling block, you are an offense to me. And that is why he rebuked him. I am suggesting to you today that the fear of death, the fear of losing stuff, is a stumbling block to your advancement. The fear of being in a place where you're, you're afraid of losing things. And Jesus says, talks about this. He says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will come up and bring much more than the single kernel of wheat. It is the will of God. It remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. John 12, 24 talks about that. Because because everything that God wants to produce in your life will come on the back of what God wants to do. Imagine God calling Joseph out everyone God used he will separate them that's a form of death He will come to Abraham and say to Abraham leave your family leave everything that you know and go to a place that I will show you because Abraham if you're going to be the father of many nations I'm going to have to separate you from certain things it goes to Joseph and he gives Joseph it gives Joseph the the, the, the the vision of him becoming prime minister and and what does he do he orchestrates he orchestrates the whole thing and um, and and separates him from his family for so many years that's another form of death in so many ways God is calling you to your next level how many people genuinely believe that it is time for a new level okay just in case you're not sure there is a frustration that I believe God stirs up in you when it's time for a new level there are certain things that you're no longer satisfied with I don't know about you I'm I, I am not interested in playing church Amen? I, I've been in church. with plain. playing If there's ever been a time, not that I've ever been, but, but I'm definitely not interested. Amen. I want to see, you know, if you're going to say hallelujah, I want to make sure. If I'm going to say hallelujah, I want the hallelujah to be based on something, Amen. not because it's a churchy language. If I'm going to lay hands on you, you know, I'm, I want you to know why we're doing this. Because we can get into a religion and lose the power that there is. But the best of everything that God has for you is on the other side of something, of the death of something that is in your hand right now. Are you with me so far? If you're with me so far, say amen. 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 And so we, we've, got to, we've got to get rid of this fear of death, this fear of loss. You know, the world, I, I, I use this example, I think it bears repeating for those who weren't here. Um, the whole world that you're living in was chained by people who, who, who were willing to die. I, we're in September. We're thinking about 9-11. Uh, you can't travel the same. New laws have been put in. Se- Listen, new products have been created since 9-11. Uh, new companies literally started up because there were some people who believed in a lie to die for that lie, and they changed the world forever. Are you with me so far? We can change the world, but we've got to not be afraid. You can't be a, you, 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 your reputation has got to die. We, we, we've got to be people of no reputation. Right. Until, until, you know, worship leaders, let me talk to you, or anyone who is going to minister to people, if your reputation is still important, you will never be able to take the people where they need to go. Yes, right. I realize that as a, as a worship leader, in leading worship, if I, was, if I was too worried about looking a certain way, you know, you know when, when sometimes, if I was too into myself, you know, worship leader, I use that because it's a, it's a challenge. You come all ready to lead worship and you look in the people's face. And the people just look like death that has just been warmed up a little bit. And now you're thinking, is it me or am I just getting hyper? And now you want to mirror where they No, 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 I'm calling you, come up higher. Until you die to that need to, to match up, you're not going to lead worship effectively until you lose yourself. Amen. I, I, amen. Even in, in preaching, in, in, in laying hands on people, in, in seeing miraculous things... In the lives of people, which we have seen, I, I, I discovered that the miraculous, uh, you know, increased in my life when I stopped worrying about whether it will work or not. Yes. Amen. I saw more deaf ears open when I stopped worrying about laying hands on the dead, on the deaf, or raising the dead. You know, I, 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 raising the dead. Glory be to God. That's coming, man. Hallelujah. Are you with me so far? No, we've got to be people of no... Re- dead people are in... Uh, you know, what can you do to a dead man? Nothing. What is it? <sighs> what? There is nothing to lose. We've lost everything. Hallelujah. Are you with me so far? Yes. They never let it go. Amen. Listen, the power of resurrection is no good for people who are running from death. Amen? The power of resurrection is available to you, but it's no good if you are not willing to embrace death. Resurrection resurrection power is for dead stuff. And if we are going to be custodians of resurrection power, we have got to be people who know how to handle death of every kind and every form. We've got to be people who understand loss and understand the power that we have because resurrection power (coughs) is for dead stuff. I see God resurrecting dead things in your life. I declare in this season God will resurrect things that have died in your life reputation that you think was gone, God will resurrect. Like he did for Joseph for many years. He was separated from his family and he looked like, God, how can you call me to be a prime minister and yet you pull me away from my family in such a horrible way. But our God knows how to resurrect relationships to the place where the love flows and, and everything is restored to how God wants it to be. Let me speak to somebody who has lost some things for the sake of the kingdom. There is no man, no woman no boy, no girl who loses anything for the sake of the kingdom, that he will not ensure that you are recompensed fully in this earth. You're not going to wait till heaven to get your compensation. No, our God will ensure that in this earth you will be recompensed. Jehovah Gomola is on the case for you. I want to remind somebody who has parted with some seed, somebody who has parted with some time, somebody who has parted with some love, and it appears right now that it was a waste. Let me remind you that there is a God who is responsible for recompense, and He is God. He never lies. He will ensure that recompense is yours. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. Recompense is yours. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they were not afraid of their life. They loved not their li- Revelation 12 tells us, they loved not their lives unto death. It is not enough to be able to, have a, to, to say, I plead the blood. It is not enough to be able to give a good testimony. It is, it, we, need to be, we, are, we ought to be people who are in the place where we love not our lives unto death. Amen? The moment you stop worrying about loving somebody who will take advantage of you, you will actually begin to love. Amen? The moment, that's why, the, anyway, I'll, I'll leave that alone. The, the, the moment you, you, stop, you stop worrying about um, uh, losing faith, you will actually start to live. Yeah. The moment you stop worrying about failing, you will start to succeed. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The moment you, you, you stop worrying about, you know, missing the mark, you stop worrying about sin and getting it wrong. Amen. <laughs> like I was, I was brought up as a Christian. To, uh, to confess my sins every two minutes. I was conscious of the fact that I had missed it. And so every, every few minutes, even before I go to bed, I make sure I pray. Not because I love Jesus, but because I don't want to die in my sleep and go to hell. <laughs> Anybody ever been like that? Amen. Come on. So, so every two minutes, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lord. What did I do? I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry for the things that I know that I did. But even the things that I don't know that I did, I'm sorry that I did them. The things that I was thinking about doing that are wrong that I didn't yet do, but I know that I will do them. I'm sorry for those ones as well. Lord, the ones, Oh, God, just constantly. That is not a life of a Christian. That's not a life of a Christian. The life of a Christian is sin no longer has dominion over me. So now we are dead to sin and alive to Christ. But if you are still alive to sin, it is impossible to live the life that a Christian ought to live. We're not afraid of dying. Amen. Someone say, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of dying. Come on, say it again. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of dying. Amen. The, the moment the enemy loses his ability to bully you with the worst case scenario. For most people, the worst case scenario is death. And the way that you can stop being anxious about certain things is visit the worst case scenario and see what God says about it. If you can go to the worst case scenario for most natural human beings and discover that for you and I, particularly who put our faith in Jesus Christ, the worst case scenario is the beginning of the best case scenario. I don't know if you heard what I said. For us as believers, the worst case scenario is just the beginning of the best case scenario. So in fact, we're not, we don't run from death, we run to it. Are you with me so far? Someone say, I'm not afraid of death. Come on, say it like you believe it. Don't say it just because I'm making you say it. Say, I'm, I'm not afraid of death. I'm going to say it until you are no longer, you know, it's just like I believe we need to talk about these kinds of things until we're no longer uncomfortable about talking about it. I think part of the reason why the enemy has his way with these kinds of things is the underlying undercurrent of It's just like sex. It's just like sex. Until the church stops being uncomfortable about talking about sex, there will be freaks in the pews. (laughs) I'm pausing for effects. Because we, we, you come all holy to church, but freaky, wild things are going on in your mind. Because <laughs> You know it's true. And it's all because we're afraid. We kind of we get uncomfortable to talk about it. And the enemy has a field day with anything that is in the dark. Yeah. Amen? Someone one more time say, I'm not, I'm not afraid of death. I was about to say, I'm not afraid of sex. But anyway, I was <laughs> 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 Leave that alone. Let's get back in the script. Let's get back into the words. Almost came out wrong. So what I want to do today, what I, what I want to do, because because in everything that God allows, God allows that death came through sin, and God allowed it. But the the, the wisdom that are you are you you understand that when when I say death, I am talking about death in that sense. But I'm talking about loss of, of any kind loss of a job, loss of a spouse, loss of a marriage, loss of a child, anything, whatever God allowed death or separation from life as you know it because there is wisdom to handle it. There is wisdom. He has the wisdom to handle those kinds of things. And what I want to do today is finish up this message by just talking to you about how to deal with these things. How do I process? I didn't want to just kind of talk about it in theoretical terms. I wanted to make sure that we leave here with Practical tools um, that our minds can, uh, can latch onto and that we can start to process if we are going to become everything that we are born to be. Because you are called to be more. Amen. Amen. You are called to be more. Amen. I said you are called to be more. Amen. There is so much more. You might be under your tent thinking that everything that you know is in this tent. But let me tell you the truth. There is a whole world outside. Amen? There is so much more. So let's talk about that. Let's get some wisdom to know how to deal with this. Number one, I want you to write this down. I want to be a teacher today. Number one, we've already talked about this last week. You have to understand this. Understand that death has lost its sting. Okay? Death and loss has lost its sting. Death no longer is no longer truly harmful to a believer... Because, of, because death has been stripped of its power to determine your destiny. Loss has been stripped of its power to determine your future. What you lose no longer has the ability to singularly determine how things will turn out. As we read in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, Jesus has set us free from the bondage of living in fear. Look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. In fact, um, I, I, I want to read, no, let, let's, let, me, let, let, me, let me be disciplined. Hebrews 2, verse 14 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, that's you and I, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through his death, through his death, through his death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. And by the way, this is what Peter was trying to stop. He did not know it, but this is what he was trying to stop. When he said to Jesus, Jesus, stop talking like that. Far be it from you. This is what Jesus was, this is why Jesus called him, said, do you see how demonic it is? If somehow Jesus stopped and thought, actually, yeah, Peter, oh, thank you for reminding me. I I must make sure I keep good confessions in my mouth. Imagine if Peter took that advice. You and I will still be in our sins. We will be stuck forever. Death will still reign. Amen? But thank God for Jesus. Because the scripture here says that he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release. Someone say, I have been released. Have been released. Come on, say it boldly. I have, I have been released. Not only does he destroy him who had, who had the past tense, the power of death, that is the devil, he says, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The fear of death binds you. It keeps you bound. And Jesus, through his death, not only destroyed the one who had the power of death, that's why the devil is a toothless bulldog. He has no real ability. The only place where he can impact you is in your mind. It doesn't matter what form he comes in. Whether he comes as Jezebel or whether he comes as Leviathan. You know, Christians, we have grace for devils. A devil is being defeated in whatever shape he comes. If he he comes as a fly, he has been defeated. If he comes as a black bird that is perching on your window, he has been defeated. If he comes as a dark angel in your dream, he has been defeated. He has lost his power over you. He has no grip on you. Jesus has set you free. Amen. Amen. So it doesn't matter. And the devil takes up all these different shapes and forms all to get you riled up. But the devil in any shape is still the devil. And the devil has been defeated. Come on, say it with confidence. Say, the devil has been defeated. defeated. Or oh, you're being too cute. You're saying, the devil has been defeated. No, I said, say, the devil has been defeated. Has been defeated. Amen. Say it with confidence, the devil, the devil has been defeated. He had the power of death. But Jesus destroyed him. And release you from the fear of death. So I want to congratulate you because you are free. According to heaven, you are free from the fear of death. Hallelujah. This means that death might still happen. But you, uh, you in other words, you will still be separated from some things that you love. Which you, 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 you I want to say so many things at the same time. You, you will lose some things in life. But it's just like when the scripture says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. It does not necessarily mean that you will never miss the mark again. But what it means is that even if you miss the mark, the sin will no longer be the thing that has enough power to destroy your future, to, to determine your destiny. Sin no longer has dominion over you. It is the same thing with death. Death no longer has dominion over you. For to be, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul put it this way, I die daily. Amen. 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 Why? Because death has lost its grip on you. When Jesus rose from the dead, guess who else rose from the dead? You rose from the dead. In fact, help me put Hebrews, the same Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8. I want to read something. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8, it talks about Jesus. It says, you have put all things in subjection under his feet, talking about Jesus. For, for in that He put all, he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. So in other words, everything has been put under Jesus, even though there are some things that we see, and according to our natural eyes, It doesn't appear to be under him. So what we've got to understand is that death might still be present in our world, but the reality, and this is what I'm trying to awaken you to, the reality is death has lost its sting for the believer. The next verse, verse 9 says, it says, but we see Jesus. This is what we look at. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death. Glory be to God. That literally means taste, like you taste food. So when Jesus came, part of his assignment was to taste death for you. Glory be to God. Just like... Before he allowed you—that is, uh, be, before before you showed up, you know, when 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 your parents cook, well, you know, uh, my my wife will finish cooking and, and she'd then say, "Oh, I'm not really hungry. You've eaten half the food," <laughs> because you were, ta- you, you know, you know what I mean. You know, you know, sometimes you finish cooking and you're not really hungry, and the reason is you've been tasting. You put stuff in, you taste it, and you say, "No, it's not yet to be. It's not. It's not. It's not time to release it to you yet because." The chicken needs to be done. Cook it a little bit more. Taste it. No, no, yeah, you guys should wait. It's not ready. Amen. You know what I mean? Cook, cook, cook. Just, just leave it another five minutes, then taste it. Okay, now you can have it. Guess what Jesus did? He came to death. He tasted it. It's not time for you guys to die. He tasted it. He tasted it. Then he rose from the dead. And now you as believers, you can face death. Not because death has any power. But because Jesus has robbed it of his power to harm you. It no longer has power. He tasted it for you. Do you get this this morning? He tasted it for you. So, So the fact that he allowed it is because he has tasted it. And he sanctioned it. Mama would never release uncooked food. He would never, she would never allow the food until it's properly good for you. She's not going to let it come to the table. It is the same thing because Jesus has tasted death. If you ever lose anything... Please know that it is because he has tasted it. And that which looks like it is bad for you. In reality, Jesus looks at it and he says, new life is coming in this place of your death. I would celebrate right now for anyone who has lost something. God allowed you to go through that. He allowed that relationship to die. Because he has already tasted death and he knows that if I can let it come to you. Uh, it's, it's because it's good for you. He said, he said they, they were calling Jesus to come, and, to come and raise Lazarus. He said to them, first of all, he says, um, this sickness is not unto death, but that, but, but that the Son of God, or that, but that God will be glorified. And then later on, they came and told Jesus that Lazarus is dead. And Jesus said, I'm glad that I wasn't there, because now you're going to see something. I, amen. He tasted death. Tell your neighbor, he tasted death. So if you ever lose anything, are you with me? Death has lost its sting. If you ever lose anything, if you were ever separated from anything, if a relationship dies, if, if, if you lose a job, whatever it is, please understand that you can handle it because Jesus has tasted death for you. He tasted it and let it come your way because this thing will do you good. He removed his sting. He removed his ability. What the enemy tries to do is still frighten believers with death. It, it scares you with death, but, but Jesus, it's lost his sting. You know, if you read the lives of the apostles, they were getting excited. You know, they would suffer, be thrown in, in jail, and they would come out rejoicing. That is a weird thing, they kept, because they got this revelation. While the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were trying to bring harm to them, Jesus had, had already set the standard, and they got it. That all of this harm that the enemy is thinking that he's bringing is actually bringing good. I celebrate you today because you're, you're about to step into a new level. Amen. Jesus has tasted death. You're about to step into a new level. Amen. Someone say death has, lost its sting. death has lost its sting. Look at the book of Deuteronomy chapter 34. Are you learning something this morning? Amen. So no more fear. No need to be afraid. No need to be afraid. The moment you stop being afraid of losing stuff, the only thing that is left is creativity for life. Yes. That's it. The moment, you know, I, I, I hate to make plans out of fear. I hate to plan my future out of fear. I hate, to, I, I hate to plan my future because I'm afraid of what I'm going to lose. I don't think that that is a powerful place. Now, there is, there is a creativity that comes out of that kind of pressure and it's good to pay attention, but, but I think that it is more powerful when you When you are operating from a place of faith, faith is the will of God for your life. You are at your best when you are not afraid. That is why there are 365 times in the scripture, the Lord says, do not be afraid. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 34. Are you learning something this morning? Verse 8 says, uh, and this is the story of Moses, you know the story of Moses and, and who was used by God and, uh, and, um, and he, w- he had died at this point. And this is what, what, what the scripture says in verse 8, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 8 says, The people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for 30 days. Everyone say 30 days. 30 days. Until the customary period of mourning was over. Here is a, now, remember what I'm trying to do is give you wisdom to handle death or loss, okay? So the first thing we talked about is death has lost its sting. It will still happen, but it, it will not derail the plan of God for your life. Amen. It will not derail the plan of God for your life, okay? The second thing is morning is okay, all right? Morning, you know what I mean? By mour- not morning as in, you know, morning. good morning. No, I mean like morning, M O U R N I. Morning is okay. Particularly for those of us who are, you know, we've been brought up as word of faith. In fact, these days I don't even call myself anything. I'm just Bible. Okay? Because you you tie yourself into all kinds of boxes. I realize that because you are are saying these are the kind of people we hang out with. No, I just hang out with anyone who believes the word. And you'll be amazed at what you will learn from somebody who is not in your tribe. Amen. Now, I, I, you with me so far? I, I thank God for the heritage. We have a great heritage, and I'm proud of that heritage that we come from. But, but the more we grow, the more I realize that you can box yourself into a little, into a little place uh, and think that, you know, w- we are the word of faith, but we are, more, we are not just that. We are everything. Do you know God is bigger than your Bible? Yes. Yes, sir. Amen. All of God put enough in the Bible for you to get to know him. But don't think that all of God is in your little book. He's bigger. Tell anybody? He's bigger. He bigger. And so, for for those of us who, who understand and uh, who, who understand the importance of your confession, those of us who understand the importance of the state of our heart, we can we can put ourselves in the place where. Just like Peter, we're saying far be it from you, or or we go, we find somebody who is mourning the loss of something, maybe even the loss of a loved one, or the loss of a thing, or the loss of a job, or or, 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 or the loss of something. They are sad because something that um, because life is different. Um, uh, they are separated from life as they knew it. In previous times, and we can get to the place where we just throw scriptures at them and, and, and want to get them to just kind of just, just forget about it. No, no, because we're believing God. Now, on the uh, on the one hand, what you're saying is true, but and we'll talk about that. But notice that the scripture, God built this into the law for his people. He gave them a time to mourn. He gave them 30 days. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go take 30 days and nobody else is responsible for telling you how much you mourn. But you better know that if you're going to go to the next level, at some point, the mourning has to end. Yes. Yes. Are you with me so far? At some point, this 32 years, you're still talking about your boyfriend who left you when you were 16. <laughs> you, 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 you leave him. He's gone. He, ha- he has grandchildren now. <laughs> Amen. Uh, And you're still mourning about that. No, no, we're not going to leave you alone. And there are some people in your life that you should allow to tell you the truth. Say, look, okay, stop this nonsense now. It's time to move on. Hello, but you don't know how I feel. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but it's time to move on. I might not know how you feel, but I know where God is taking you. And I know that how you feel is not taking you to where God is taking you. So right now I'm choosing where God is taking you to how you feel. So move on. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing. I, I, that song. You know that song is so full of lies? I am not convinced that she wishes nothing but the best. I, I, let's leave that alone. I don't know why that song came to me. But mourning is okay. There is a time to mourn what you loved. You love the house. You love the relationship. You love the thing. And there is a time to, to mourn that. Are you with me so far? But, but, but it is important that we mourn according to the scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Remember what I first said, um, if you help me put that on the screen. Remember what, I, what we first said, death has lost its sting. So now when we face something that dies, we have a different approach to how we mourn for the fact that death has lost its sting. Okay, It's lost its ability to determine your future. And First Thessalonians tells, it says, but we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are falling asleep, those who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. We, death has lost, death or the loss of something never means hopelessness. Does that make sense? It never means hopelessness. It never, ever, and that is the problem with A lot of the sadness we feel, am I okay to just have a conversation with us? A lot of the sadness we feel at the loss of something is, is what is the future going to be like? I have no hope now for the future that I don't have a job. Or this person was this particular way in my life, but I have no hope that I'm going to have the kind of joy. The kind of, no, no, we don't mourn as people who don't have hope. It's okay to be sad that certain things are no longer going to be the same. And, and that's the truth. You know, there are certain things that just won't be the same. And I've told you this before. The, the morning my mother passed away, I remember being in the front of the, uh, at the, uh, at the hospital just dazed. And this guy, this guy from church showed up and he said to me, he said, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. I'm looking at him and I said, which bit? <laughs> Tell me, explain to me which part is going to, do you not understand what just happened? I mean, like, they died. They're not coming back. They didn't go on holiday. Does that make sense? It is the, the hopelessness that you feel that just kind of, th- and, and that's why, you know, sometimes if you don't know what to say, just be quiet. J- just sit down. D- don't, don't try and say stuff. Or ju- just, just, do you want some water? You know, ju- just don't, don't say stuff because there is the process. And I, I'm learning to trust the Holy Ghost when people are dealing with death or, or loss of any kind. I, 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 and and the reason I was saying that is the abject hopelessness, is the the inability at that point in time to see how life will go on with the absence of this person. Life as I know has just ended. It's the same thing, you know, w- with that relationship. You know, it ended, and you felt like and we talked about that uh, about this last week. You know, you. you you were dating somebody, and you put all your affection into that. You saw yourself married. You saw yourself having grandchildren. And this person just asked you out for a coffee. <laughs> that, that's all they did. They just, they, just, they, just, they just messaged you on Christian Mingle. And suddenly, you are married. You are you're seeing yourself wearing matching outfits. And, and the moment they did not reply to your text message, now you are mourning like somebody who lost something. And the issue is the affection you put on the thing. Amen. I'm not going to go there again. Go listen to last week's message. Go, don't listen to, go and listen to last week's message because sometimes the reason we, 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 we struggle with letting things go is the inordinate amount of affection we put to things. Yeah. Oh, I really loved that watch. And so, and so your child broke your watch and now they're, they're grounded for 20 years. <laughs> it's a thing. Is the affection. What are you doing? You're mourning and you're taking it. Are you, are you with me? Now you're going to start another cycle of pain yeah. in the life of someone because of the inordinate amount of affection you had for a thing. Are you with me so far? And so, and so we can be in this place where we, we, we feel what we feel, but as believers, we don't mourn as people without hope. The reason is because Jesus has stripped death of his power to determine your future. So yes, you will miss this thing. Yes, you will miss life as it is. But we always have hope. A positive expectation of good. Now, you might not know what it looks like, but this is how we as believers mourn. We mourn. We are sad, but we we know that it will work out. There is good still coming. Let me speak to somebody who... Amen. Yeah, give God a hand of praise. Maybe your heart has been broken. Maybe you lost in a relationship. Maybe I don't know what it is that you lost. Please know that if there is breath in your lungs, there is hope. I'm not suggesting that it's going to look like what it used to be. But I am suggesting that if you dare believe for better, the glory of this latter house will be greater than the glory of the former. Are you with me so far? Because sometimes it takes the destruction of the temple to erect the glorious temple. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen? So we mourn for a season. That's the wisdom of God, but not forever. Mm. Amen? We mourn for a season, but not forever. Why? Because we have hope. And if you have hope, mourning is, 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 is the, the, the sadness of losing something. But at some point, what you, where you are going ought to be bigger than what you have lost. Amen. Now, it doesn't take away, let me, let me bring, are you, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm pastoring this morning. It doesn't take away, it doesn't take away um, um, the memories or, or all of the things that you might want. There, there are things that are appropriate to preserve as you travel through, but just make sure nothing is holding you back from what the, uh, the priority ought to be, what the Lord has set aside for you. If you understand that so far, say amen. amen. <laughs> Number three, let's go to Joshua chapter one. I want to be systematic today. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Amen? Isn't God, God, God left them to mourn for 30 days. He left them to mourn for a time. But after a while, God came to the, Okay, Joshua, you know Moses, my servant. By the way, I know you're mourning for Moses. But he's mine. Okay, I know you're, you think you're so sad, but you need to know he is mine. I realize that God loves people more than I do. Amen. He says, Moses, my servant, listen, he is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over the Jordan and you and this people to the land where I am, uh, which I am giving them, um, the children of Israel. Here is the third point. God, in spite of what you, lo- you lost, listen carefully, God was always the source. What you lost was just a resource. Moses played a significant role in the lives of these people. They had been in slavery for 400 years. That is 400 years. So, In fact, all of them were born into this. All of them, their great-grandparents, were slaves. So slavery wasn't something that happened in the last 50 or 60 years that they could easily shake off in one generation. All of them were born into this and they were tied into this and Moses was the one who delivered them. You can see why they, even till today the, the Jews uphold Moses in such an elegant place because of the role that he had in their lives. But God showed up to Joshua and he says to Joshua, Moses is dead. In a bit of a, uh, it sounds a little bit insensitive that I'm mourning for somebody that I love, but you're just trying to move me on because where God is taking you is bigger and where he brought you from, he, he, he was the source. He was the power in the staff of Moses. He was the power in the words of Moses that allowed Pharaoh to let you go. Without God behind Pharaoh, without behind Moses, you would still be in Egypt and Moses would probably be in hiding in Midian. It was God who, who, who sent the burning bush to Moses. God was the source, Moses was the resource. Amen. God was the source. The thing you lost was a resource. Amen. Right now, and that is why it is important that in people's lives, you understand that you are a channel through which God is blessing you. Can I speak to husband and wife? You need to understand this about your spouse or about your children. You are not the source of love in their lives. You have the honor and the privilege to be a channel through which God can bring down his love through you to your wife. Does that make sense? When I realize this, I start. This is my prayer, Lord, help me love my wife. Amen. Because when she saw me, the Lord closed her eyes to see what I was wearing, and I think that that veil is still on. Some of you don't get this. So, some, sometimes, uh, sometimes I just feel like one day she's going to wake up and realize. <laughs> It's good she's not in the room right now. Any, any other brothers feel that way? You just feel like you hit the jackpot. You just feel like, whoa. Okay, you don't feel that way. Let me tell you the truth. I feel that way. So, so my prayer is, I already know that in myself, I don't believe I have by myself what it takes to love this woman. So what I do is, God, please help me, give me love to give her. Glory be to God. And guess what God has been doing for 10 years? Supplying love, and that's all we are. Because the moment I get too carried away that I am the source of love in her life and and, and start to treat her a certain way, you know, God will allow, can I be, anyone ready for strong meat this morning? God would allow that divorce. The moment I start to think that I am God, the source of her life, the source of her love, God will separate me from, because he loves her more than he loves my marriage. Amen. I know religious people are not ready for what I'm about to say. This, but, Because the will of God for us in every relationship, and this is the way I also see pastoring. It is not a right. It is the privilege to be a channel. That God can send his love through me to you. That God can send his word through me. To you, I am a channel. I am not the source. In people's lives, we get the honor of being channels. That is why nobody should... You know, the person who dumped you and now you want to jump off a bridge or you want to... No, 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 we're not going to do that. You have placed this person in the place of God. Because God is the source of your love. Are you listening to me today? Can we have a strong conversation this morning? No, that, that is why no one in your life is indispensable. No, 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 no. If they don't honor, if they, if they don't honor you as God intends for you to be honored, they don't, no one has a permanent right to be in your life, even if at one point they were blessing you. The fact that I was a blessing to you at some point in the feud, in the past, does not give you the right to abuse me now. Yes. Because you are a source, not a, you are a channel, not a source. Yes. Amen? Yes. I, 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 some of you listen <laughs> a lot. And so there are some relationships that you need to stop mourning. Because it was a source of blessing, we're not denying, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to deny that, 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 that there was a time when the blessing of the Lord came from there. And for that reason, most people in your life, you need to honor them because of how God blessed you through them. However, there comes a time when they stop, when they, if they ever begin to think of themselves as sources, you're going to be in a dangerous place. Because that is how somebody gets into an abusive situation where now they think that they are the source of your life. No, 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 nobody is the source of your life. God is the source. So he showed up and he says to them, Moses, my servant is dead. Okay, that is over. And then he goes on. Are you with me so far? Understand understand the channel uh, and understand the source. Don't die with a resource when your source is still alive. Okay, don't die. Some of you are holding on to resources. Your source is still alive. God is calling you to build a business. But you're holding on to this particular way of doing things. um, Because you think that that is your source. No, this is a resource. Your job is a resource. Amen. It is a resource. How many people have ever lost a job, but you still survived? That was because no matter what happened with the job, it was a resource you were made redundant people were panicking around you all of these people they're panicking because their job was their source but for some of us we have a resource beyond beyond hr department we have a resource in the god of heaven who is our provision so regardless of what's happening our god my god shall supply All my needs according to his riches in glory. So whilst everyone is still freaking out and panicking about their future, I come into work whistling. I come into work working with joy on my heart. Because you are not my source, Job. You are a resource. Understand the difference. You are a resource. A channel through which God can bless you. And, and he said to him, as I was with Moses, and this is the key thing. He said, he said to Joshua, Moses, that, that channel has ended. But you need to know this source is still with you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Amen. Amen. Whatever good you had, whatever you were, you were enjoying in that job, it did not come from the job. It came from God through the job. So if you lose this one, Don't think you've lost. This channel is no longer supplying this. But as I was with you in that job, so will I be with you in this job. As I was with you in that season of your life, so I will be with you in this season of your life. Because God uses channels, but the source never changes. Make sure that your faith is not in getting a job. Make sure that your faith is in God, supplying your needs through this job. So if I am applying, I don't know what I'm talking about jobs, but anyway, I'm just using that as an example. If I'm applying for the job, I really want this job. Here is what I encourage you, how I encourage you to, 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 to set your faith. Set your faith in God and believe that, Lord, I am believing that you will supply my needs through this job. Does that make sense? Are you with me so far? That is different to setting your faith to get this job. Because your expectation is that you're going to keep paying your mortgage through this job. And that's why you tie yourself up in, an, in knots. Stay up at night trying to figure out what kind of low-cut dress to wear to go for the interview. <laughs> Can I talk to you, Christian? Hello, Christian. I'm, I don't know why I said that, but Anyway. Let's get back to the scripture. Tell your neighbor, let it go. <laughs> you know, sometimes some things just come out there. Where did that come from? But you know where it's coming from. You know it, make, it makes sense. Are you with me so far? He is your source. Amen. He is your source. You get into witchcraft when you don't remember this. You get into all kinds of trying to manipulate and trying to, you know, you do all kinds of things to keep people in your life um, when God is your source. That's why you're you, you know you're, you're cooking and cleaning and sweeping and, and polishing and because you think that this is your source of happiness. And so when it looks like they're not sure about you, you're wanting to win somebody who is leaving the back door open back into your life. Shut the front door. Shut the back door. Let it go. Number four. You're welcome. Number four. <laughs> Are you learning something today? Number four. Learn not to camp around the dead. Learn not to build camp around the dead. Genesis 4, verse 25 says this. It says, And Adam knew his wife again. Someone say again. Yeah. Genesis 4:25. Adam knew his wife again, and she bore, she bore a son named Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead. Of Abel, Do you know, do anyone remember the story of Adam, um, Abel, and Cain? And it's a horrible story where you have two children, you know, you have, imagine having just two children. One kills the other. Amen? Beats the other to death. Okay? And then the one who is now alive, who beat the other to death, is banished. And you no longer get to see them. And you know that they're going to be wanderers with no permanent home. I I wonder what that does to the heart of a parent. Just the agony in their heart. But in spite of all of that, the scripture says, God had appointed another seed for them instead of Abel. Let Let me say it this way. God never allows a thing to be separated from you without making a plan for a replacement. Are you listening to me? He never allows death. If he hasn't, now the replacement is not always like for like, but the point I'm trying to make is that God will always make sure that you are not less than. You do not lose out permanently. One of the titles or the roles of Jesus Christ, the scripture says, He is the Prince of Peace. What that means is that he is the principality responsible for your nothing missing and nothing broken. So if you are in a relationship or you lose that business or you lose that contract and now you are missing something, guess who is responsible for this? Jesus himself, the Prince of Peace, is already working on your shalom. He's already working on your shalom. He has appointed another seed for you. If you camp around the dead, you will not move to the promised land. If you camp around the dead, you will not get to meet Seth. In fact, a lot of the time in scripture, particularly people who were Nazarenes, people like Samson, people like um, even Jesus was a Nazarene. One of the things, particularly for someone like Samson, God would tell them, don't touch dead stuff. Because of the kind of thing I want to do in your life, you, I, am, I am bringing you. I am going to use you to bring life. I don't need you hanging around dead stuff. Amen? What is the dead thing you're still hanging around? Who are you still texting? Who are you still calling? Who are you still being a monitoring spirit? You know what I mean? Monitoring spirits are those people who monitor your social media accounts but they never like or comment anything. The hovering, monitoring spirits. They know where you are. They know what you did. They know the last pulse. but they never comment anything. Still monitoring spirit. You've left, but you're still there. Don't camp around the dead. The relationship is dead. Go. Amen. Are you with me so far this morning? Number five. I want to finish quickly. Number five. John four fourteen verse 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. He said, let not your heart be troubled. It is going to be your responsibility and my responsibility. He says, you believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Number five, make a a, a decision that regardless of what you lose, you will not be troubled. It's got to be a conscious decision. And the way that you're going to do this is by believing God. Amen? Excuse me. Jesus was about to be separated from them. Jesus was about to die. He was about to be separated from them and life as they knew it was about to be drastically different. But Jesus said to them, Don't let your heart be troubled, troubled. Believe in me, believe in God, and also believe in me. If there was a time in life when you you had a legitimate reason to be worried, it is when Jesus is leaving. If there is a time in your life where if, if there's a person who had a legitimate reason To be worried, it is when you see Jesus, who is a representation of life, you see him going to die. And yet Jesus says, even in that, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Come on, put your right hand up. Say, I believe God. God. Oh, God has been speaking to me about this thing, about being good soil. Good soil does this. We just believe God. You know, I, I I believe. Come on, put your hand up again. Say, I believe God. The trouble in your heart will be taken care of when you choose to believe God. We're not being, I said this last week, w- w- when we say we're not afraid, we're not being positive. It's not just being positive like, like I'm just going to spread positive vibes. Stop that. that that's, what, what is that? Based on what? Amen. You know, no bad vibes here. What does that mean? You know, <laughs> no bad energy. I feel bad energy here. What is What is that? Uh, 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 the reason, <laughs> now now if, if you're saying all of that based on scripture, then, then you, know, you know you're talking but don't get into you know, the world is borrowing all kinds of things from, from scripture and removing Christ from it, don't do that for yourself, amen, so, 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 so the reason we have no bad vibes or no energies no bad energy or whatever it is that we're saying, it, it is simply because we believe God I believe, come on, somebody say it again, I believe God <laughs> The most powerful thing you can do to go to the next level is to believe God. Believe him when he says, I love you. Believe him when he says, I will provide for you. Believe him when he says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are good plans. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans to give you an expected end. Believe God when he says that. Believe God when he says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Believe God when he says, I have cleansed you of your sin as far as the east is from the west, so have I removed your iniquities from you. He has separated you from sin so far. Believe him. Make time Time to believe him. On Tuesday, we looked at this. You should join us on the Bible study. We looked at this. The difference between the soils, the the, the wayside soil, the the thorny ground soil, the stony ground soil, and the good soil. The only difference, the good soil is good soil. The amplifier put it this way. The good soil welcomed, accepted, and believed the word. In other words, I'm not going to be distracted by the cares of this world. I'm going to believe the world. The, the the word. I'm not going to be to, to be distracted by what has happened to me in the past. Wayside saw. I'm going to receive the word. If there is anything you have to do, we have to consistently do. And the Lord is really on me on this. is just taking time to believe. The, how will you worship if you believe God? What will you attempt if you really believed God? If you believed God was with you, how would you view that relationship? Are you with me so far? If you believe God will help you, what will you attempt? Believe God. Let not your heart be troubled. God is with you. Tell your neighbor, God is with you. Is with you. Final one I'm going to speak about today, Romans 8, verse 31. Sorry, 1 John chapter 4. First um, John chapter 4, verse 16 says, know and believe. Can you help me put it up on the screen? First John four sixteen. 16. Um, know and believe the love that God has for you. That's the last one I want to talk about. It says, and we have known. Everyone says known. known. It, uh, to know is not just head knowledge. It's experiential knowledge. Everyone say experience. experience. So, so, so what we're looking to do is to believe the word of God, to know the word of God long enough to experience it. And we have known and believed. The love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Next verse, verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we where? Someone say, I'm just like Jesus in this world. Verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Listen, every, that word cast out doesn't mean just push away fear or, or rebukes fear. No, it literally means to kick fear in the butt. That kind of analogy. The love of God invades your heart and, and literally terrifies fear till fear runs away from you. Are you getting that? And so what we, we, if, you are, if you're going to deal with the, the fear of loss, investigate in the love of God. Invest in knowing the love of God because it is because of the love of God that nothing shall separate you. That no sickness, no disease, no height, no law, no power on earth, nothing shall separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Invest in knowing his love. Invest in just basking in in his love. Ask yourself questions. This is what I mean. Ask yourself questions. How will I go about my day? If I believe, how will I respond to this text message if I believe God loves me? Amen? How will I view my future if I believe God loves me? Invest in his love. His perfect love Cast out fear. Today, this, this morning, in the name of Jesus, I call forth every, every dead thing in your life that needs to be resurrected. I decree in the name of Jesus that the resurrection power of God is working this morning that this morning like Lazarus who was dead and in the grave that that resurrection power will come through the words that I am speaking and life will come out of the dead place in the name of come on somebody say amen, amen. if you have been through anything that uh, anything that that has just been hard for you to get get ho- let go of or, or, or be free from. I want you to stand to your feet for a moment because this might not be for anyone. It's not for everyone who maybe hasn't been through anything. If you have been through some things that you are looking, you're believing that God will breathe life into this and turn this thing around. I want you to just believe. Come on, raise your hand where you are. I, I, I decree in the name of Jesus, blessed are your ears. Jesus said to them, blessed are your ears because they hear and your eyes because they see. Uh, 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 And and he stood before the grave of Lazarus and called Lazarus forth. The blessing that is available to Lazarus is based on his ability to hear the voice of the Savior calling him to come forth. I I, I, I came as an oracle of Jesus this morning, not just to preach to you, but I came this morning to declare, come out of that grave this morning. I said, come out of that place. There is another life that is available. I know that it looks like you have been sealed in that tomb. But I need you to know that there is a God who is the resurrection and the life. Lazarus. Come forth in the name of Jesus. And I command every grave clothes, everything that has been a hindrance to you coming out of that grave like you ought to. I say in the name of Jesus, let it be dropped off you in the name of Jesus. I speak to every lying voice in your heart that seeks to accentuate the power of death in your life. I come this morning as an oracle of Jesus and I speak life. I say, Lazarus, come forth. I declare in the name of Jesus is coming out of those ashes in the name of Jesus. Life is coming from that same place that it looked like it was dead and it was smelly. I declare in the name of Jesus resurrection life is coming for Lazarus. Come forth. I call you forth. I declare you are no longer held by death. Death and sickness have no power over you. Come forth. I call you forward to your new life. I call you forward from a life free of that pain, a life free from that fear. I call you forward in the name of Jesus. Lazarus, come forth. Come forth. It's your season to thrive. It's your season to step into new. The Lord is saying it's your time to step into new. You might have known the grave for four days, and that four days appears to have been 500 years. But let me tell you something this morning. There is life beyond the grave. Hallelujah. There is life beyond the grave. Let me announce to somebody who has just come out of a horrible season. There is a fresh life awaiting you. Come forth. Just walk forward. Just walk forward. We release the power of God in you. We release the power of God over you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Say after me, Lord Jesus, Jesus, I decree decree, my ears are blessed. blessed. Or say, I am blessed blessed because because I have ears that hear you. I hear you this morning calling me out of dead places. I hear you this morning calling me into resurrection life. This morning, I am making a firm decision to let it go. I am making a decision to step in the direction that you are calling me. Thank you, Lord. This is a new season. I see a fresh life. I see fresh possibilities. I know your plans for me. They are so good. My eyes are blessed. I am blessed because I see what you have for me. I see it, Lord. Come on, take a few moments and just see it. Come on, take a few moments right now and just see it. The Holy Spirit speaks through your imagination. The Holy Spirit speaks. Right now, the images that you are seeing that line up with the Word of God, they're not random. They are of the Lord. Allow yourself to see yourself happy. Allow yourself to see yourself in a relationship that works. Allow yourself to see yourself in a fresh life. See yourself as God has imagined. And when you have seen it fully, begin to give God praise. When you see something that you are pleased with, give God praise right there. Do, don't worry about your neighbor. This is about your future. In the presence of God, there is no better place. Only when you've seen it. When you see it like you, you really believe that is God, give him praise where you are. Give him praise, and if you've seen it, keep clapping because some other people will see it and they'll join you. If you've not seen it, don't worry, just, just stay there. But if you've seen it, clap and give God praise because we're going to wait till our brothers and sisters see themselves as God sees them and join. Come on, give God praise. Keep clapping till they join in. Keep, keep clapping till they see themselves whole. Keep clapping till somebody's coming out of the grave. Thank you, Lord. Someone say, I believe I receive. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to your new life. Welcome to a new season. You may be seated. Let's come before God with our giving. Let's bring our best. Let's bring our time.